I'm a shadow boxer, baby. Oh my God. She's singing again. Fiona Apple, whatever happened to her? She was amazing. Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear. This is Lindsay. And this week we are overthinking your shadow self. So I feel like the concept of shadow work or shadow self is really popular right now. I'm not also not sure if it's just not the fact that I started shadow work and I started reading about it and doing some work with it and incorporating it into my self-help journey. It's that, I think it's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. So the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon makes me sound really smart because I just threw out a concept like that, but here's what it is. You get a red VW convertible, and then you start seeing red VW convertibles everywhere. And you're like, oh my gosh, red VW convertibles are so popular right now. Well, no, they're not. Your awareness is heightened for red VW convertibles because you just bought one. They're in your mindset, which before they really were not. So that's the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. It's sort of like if you get a divorce. And then suddenly everyone starts getting a divorce. And then suddenly it feels like everyone's getting a divorce. Not really. You just never really paid attention before when people mentioned divorce, when the word divorce came up in pop culture, when you read a news article about divorce. That's the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Not sure if it's that funky little phenomenon or if shadow work really has become popular in the last few years. I could probably do a quick Google on that, but... We'll just go with uh, we'll just go with not wondering. It's kind of fun every once in a while to just go, well, I'm just gonna wonder instead of finding out the answer. If you so if you listen to this podcast or you've read my book, I went through kind of a self-help renaissance. Isn't it fun to say that word like that? Oh my god. I went through a self-help kind of journey a couple years ago. One of the things I did was shadow work. And shadow work was originated by a Swiss Mr. Psychologist Carl Jung. Also fun to say that name like that. God. So Carl Jung, he originated the concept of shadow work in his psychoanalytical work. So Carl Jung said your shadow is formed during childhood and follows us around the rest of our life if we don't sit down and stare at it across the breakfast table and have a reckoning. So like I say, I like to give you the basics of this in straightforward, kind of clear language without a lot of clinical wackery. That's the one sentence tidbit about the shadow self. We're going to get into it more. So I did shadow work by reading this really great book, which we're going to use a lot of in this talk. It's called Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. I have referred this book. I have given this book. I have rebought it and passed it around. Dark Side of the Light Chasers, Debbie Ford. It is the Bible for shadow work. Debbie has passed. Unfortunately, I think her sister continues to do a little bit of her work, run her foundation. So I I learned a lot about shadow from Debbie, from some other books too that are also listed in the back of my book. There's also a workshop called To Be Magnetic. I have also passed this around like gossip in middle school. It is uh, ran by a woman named Lacey Phillips. She has other spiritual teachers working with her now, but I believe Lacey just started originally. Tobemagnetic.com. So 
If you go to that site, you'll love it. If you're a workshop kind of person, there's all these modules. So one will say one will say shadow work, one will say how to manifest, one will say inner child work, one will say how to attract money, one will say working through love. They're very prescriptive in that way and you can cl- click on the module there's a lesson and then there's sort of what it's it's basically a meditation at the end but she calls it a deep imagining and it is it is more than a meditation because whatever the lesson is it kind of takes you back through let's say it was about love it you meditate a little bit and then you go back through kind of like okay well what was what's something you need to correct in your love life where do you where did you go wrong where could you do better that's kind of what I talk about. Like, let's overthink it. Let's pick it up, put it down, learn a lesson, and do better. I did, to be magnetic, I I did every module. Those are my little kind of references and resources on this work before we get into it. People on TikTok, I reference TikTok almost every podcast, you guys. I'm considering changing the title of this podcast to So I Saw It on TikTok. I mean, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassing myself. TikTok does, there's all these people that are like working through their shadow work journals. I don't know what that is. I didn't, I haven't like clicked on it too much. If you want to Google that and maybe that's helpful, eh, I don't know. Check it out. Let's break down our shadow and how we can use it, overthink it in a way that helps our personal growth. I'll say wrapping my head around this concept was one of the most eye-opening things I did for my personal growth. I already said this month that drinking was the best thing I did for my personal growth, and I stand by that. So we'll say this is the second most, the second best thing I did was understanding shadow work. So in her book, Debbie Ford says, whether you like it or not, if you are human, you have a shadow. We can't have the full experience of the light without knowing the dark. Probably sounds like, yeah, we all kind of talk about that. You can't really appreciate the good without knowing the bad. Okay, shadow gets more serious, you guys. Let's keep going. Your shadow is kind of exactly how it sounds. Your shadow is the dark side. We all know what the light sides of our personality are. They're probably the first things people see right when you walk up, right? They'll say, She seems smart. She seems charismatic. She seems open. She seems like a leader. Great. Well, the dark sides are probably things that people don't see, that we kind of hide away from others and and maybe even from ourselves. We may not even see these words until we sit down across from our shadow, look it straight in the eye. Can you look a shadow straight in the eye? It seems like, I don't know, and have a reckoning. So the shadow part of ourselves is the dark part, the less appealing part, the part that if we were at a job interview and someone said, name three things about you, you're not going to list your shadow words. You're not going to say, I'm lazy, I'm incompetent, I'm weak, I'm stupid. You're not going to say that in a job interview, right? It's the words that we either think about ourselves that may be true, may not be true. We pick them up because people said them to us during childhood. Maybe they said you're lazy, stupid, fat, and weak. They have absolutely no truth and no merit 
okay? But they still stick with you, right? They stick with you. Maybe you really are lazy. And we'll get to that part in a minute about owning your shadow word. But they're, they're kind of the worst things we say to ourselves. There may be terrible things that were said to us by caregiver, by a community, by friends, and they have stuck and they've kind of stuck in our shadow. And so they're always there kind of churning around and in the very dark parts and the very dark moments when you think, what do you think about yourself? If you had to think of what are the worst things you think about yourself, be honest, what are the worst things you think about yourself? Write them down. That's your shadow. So if you're having trouble still identifying your shadow, there are some other ways to get to it. The other ways to get to it are looking at your projections or in modern Instagram lingo, looking at your triggers, right? You've heard that one. People talk about being triggered by this, triggered by that, which is real and it happens because you know why? People are annoying and situations are annoying. But what you're also saying is that Something in that moment or within that person brought up a feeling that is a bit too familiar and upsetting. With a deeper look, you can see how your triggers tie back to your past and your shadow. So let's look at that a little bit more. Let's say you have a book club. At every gathering, there is a person who talks really loud, bosses everyone around, and dominates the conversation. She triggers you to the point you never want to read a book again. That's valid. She sounds annoying. You could leave it at that. You don't have to overthink every interaction of your life. If you're looking for your shadow and someone rubs you the wrong way, ask yourself, what is it that this book club bully is bringing up for me? Overthinking your triggers can help you shed light on your shadow. I'm a big is this about me kind of person. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It doesn't work in every situation just because you know what life and people are annoying. My first question is always, is this about me? So if something's annoying, if someone's really bothering me, if a situation's really bothering me, my first question is always, well, what is my part in this? And are you really just frustrated or what, what, what's going on here? I find if you start with that question, like what's my ownership and what are you trying to tell yourself, you'll get so much clarity on the situation when you start with those questions. Sometimes it's like this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with with the situation, event, totally annoying person standing in front of you. Fine, that's true. You know, it's not always about us. But I think starting with that question allows you to alleviate a lot of the runaround sometimes of finger pointing that happens that you could skip. Anyway, like I said, big projection person. This is always, this is a big self-helpy thing too. And you can kind of drive yourself crazy with this. I'm going to be honest. You could overthink this to death. When you don't like someone, and this is another one where I'm just like, (sighs) people are unlikable. Let's be honest. People are unlikable. Not everyone. I'm saying there are people that are unlikable. But when I don't like someone, I will say, because this is a big shadow projection exercise, when you don't like someone, is there something about myself that I see in them that I actually don't like? I'll go, okay, and I'll try to work it out, you know, and sometimes it's very easy and you go, oh, yeah, you know what? I can be a loud bossy know-it-all. 
So they're being a loud bossy know-it-all, and guess who can be a loud bossy know-it-all? Oh, okay, me. You can actually kind of relate to them and maybe end up liking that person. Maybe you can tone down some of those things in yourself that you just saw in this other person when you see them acting them out in a group and how off-putting it is. You can tone down those things in yourself. So that's a great exercise to do. But it doesn't always work because here's the like Donald Trump example, okay? And I'm sorry if you are a Republican who loves Donald Trump, okay? I'm just going to use it. Donald Trump, I, I do not like Donald Trump, okay? I don't. Do I think I see something in him that is like me? No. I don't think I am a red-faced narcissist who tries to steal an election. I don't think I have anything in common with Donald Trump, and that's why I don't like him. I also don't sit around obsessing about how much I hate Donald Trump. And I think projections are really about if there is something that gets in your craw, if it's really stuck in the marrow of your being, right? You're just like, I can't get over how much I don't like this person, this situation, this event that happened in the past, like really overthink it. Well, what is it about that? What is it about that? Can that teach you something? Can that tell you something? Is that really about you? What's your ownership? As much as I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, I really don't spend much time overthinking it. I don't know. I don't know if that does anything for you or if you're just like, Lindsay, you need to stop overthinking. Let's say you found your shadow words now, okay? Let's say your shadow words are weak, lazy, incompetent, okay? Let's say you found them. It's not about it's not about denying your shadow. It's about coming to terms with it, accepting that we all have aspects of ourselves that are less than lovely and incorporating that into our understanding of who we are. But when you come to terms with those shadowy aspects of yourself, that's when the learning comes in. What we deny defines us. Don't let your shadow lurk in the darkness, defining your behavior in an unhealthy way. So what I mean by that is, for instance, let's say your shadow word is out of control. Maybe people called you this when you were younger Maybe you acted this way when you were younger. Maybe you have a shadow word that is wild, out of control. So now that you're an adult, you spend all of this effort behaving utterly in control and buttoned up because of your fear of easing up on the reins. Maybe all that control made you a successful person with an enviable business. Good for you. Maybe it also made you someone who can't take a day off or enjoy time with your partner because of fear of losing the strides you've made. You don't have to change from this controlled person to a while and out teenager, but understanding your shadow helps you accept it, appreciate it, and maybe integrate it as a more fully formed human. It's not about rationalizing away every bad thing about you that you see on your list. It's about owning who you are, and it's about understanding we all have the dark and the light. Let's talk about using this in real life a little bit. Let's say you do your list of shadow words and the word undervalued is on it, and you find yourself on a date with a partner you like, but he's never really treated you in the way that feels like relationship material, you know? You go out with him and you're hoping he's changed his ways 
on the date, he's looking around, making it clear that this is a casual situation, but he wants to take you home. You realize this guy and this situation makes you feel like your shadow ward. It makes you feel undervalued. You realize this is probably what appealed to you in the first place. It plugged into that thing from the past. It plugged into your shadow and your deepest insecurities about yourself. But no more. With this new knowledge, you're aware of your shadow. It's there, but you can act in opposition to it. You'll see your shadow in your reactions. Sorry if I'm bouncing around. This is kind of back to that projections thing. If we're still having trouble finding our shadow. Debbie says, Debbie Ford, you will find your shadow in your reactions. There is nothing we cannot perceive that we are not. If we did not possess a certain quality, we could not recognize it in others. People mirror back our hidden emotions and feelings, which allows us to recognize and reclaim them. So that's kind of like the projection we were talking about before. If you were in that, if you were in a situation kind of like we were, like we were talking about before, where you were like, that person is really loud and bossy and domineering. And then you go, wow, as am I. There's nothing we can see or perceive that we are not. That is the mirror. Again, then I then I counter with the Donald Trump thing. Of course, we can see and perceive that, but I am not triggered by it. It's not something that I overthink over and over again. I recognize it, but it's not a trigger. An exercise Debbie talks about in the book. Again, this is all about that finding your mirrors. List everybody on a piece of paper who triggers you. Make sure you destroy this piece of paper afterwards. Everybody who triggers you, then look at your list and see if you can see your shadow words in there. What are the things about your mother-in-law that trigger you? Are your shadow words hiding in there? So that's another exercise Debbie suggests to find your shadow words. Now that you have your list of shadow words, the thing that Carl Jung and Debbie Ford say, it's about incorporating the light and the dark. It's about understanding that, that being a fully integrated person means having the light and the dark. It means that you are smart and you are weak. It means that you are a fully capable CEO of a frozen yogurt company, and you are also completely lazy sometimes. It means that you are completely fabulous and charismatic and also and also totally messy at home. It means that you are all of these, this dichotomy. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has the light. Everybody has the dark to be a fully integrated person. And recognizing those parts of you, not hiding from them, allows that shadow behavior not to lurk in the darkness and come out in less than desirable ways. It's, It's that understanding. It's also looking at your shadow words. And let's say you say, have, I am weak. Write the converse. I am strong. I am lazy. I am energetic. Write the converse of all of them. And if you are a meditation kind of person, or if not, next time you're on a walk, let your list of positive words run through your head. So you can incorporate some more of those words onto the light side. Doesn't necessarily mean your shadow words go away because we're fully integrated people, but incorporate some more words onto the light side too. I talk a lot about the stories we tell ourselves. Maybe it's because I'm a writer, because I think stories are so powerful. When I was working with shadow stuff, I realized, and I talk about this in the shadow part of my book, we pick up so many of these things from childhood. It always goes back to childhood, right? Often these stories are created about us in childhood. 
it's why I'm always really sensitive around kids because the words we say to them and the labels we give them have so much power. They become their shadow. My sister, I see it in my sister. I say this in the book. She was, so, she was, and this is not an insult at all. She was the wild one and I was the good one. And there is, if she did her shadow word list, there's benefit from being the wild one and taking risks and being spontaneous and all of that. But being the wild one can also tip to being the bad one, right? You're the bad one. You're the troublemaker, that kind of thing, right? So I think there can be labels that get stuck on you in that way. And me, over as the good one, you get, I got kind of stuck in, like I was small and quiet and introverted and didn't talk and didn't say anything in my family because Carrie was the loud one, right? She was the loud one. She was the wild one. She was the one that kind of made a lot of noise, right? So we get these labels that turn into shadow words in childhood. When we take a look at them, we can go, oh, I can see where that came from. That came from my past. That came from my childhood. It was warranted. I was I was super quiet. I was super small in compared to, I don't mean small acting, in compared to my family. I was really quiet. I was really introverted in my adult life. I have the power to change that. That's not how I want to act. I want to be big and expressive and share my uh, creativity and my art, but I understand why I feel that smallness, right? And my introversion is something I, I own and I wear it proudly like a badge. It's great. So you can look at those those words. You can work at, look at those shadow words and see kind of this direct line where they came from when you're looking at your past. But anyway, like I said, I'm really sensitive when I'm around kids. I never, I always kind of want to be like, you're so smart. You're so creative. You're so gifted. You're so pretty. You're so like all of this. Like I never want to be like, oh my gosh, you little weirdo. <laughs> like I know that not people, people don't say that really consciously, but people do kind of say stuff like that, you know, or, oh, look at the little fatso or People say these little things like that, and they don't mean it harmfully, The labels, but the labels stick, and they can mean it totally fun-lovingly. Again, not, I mean, I'm overthinking it, right? I'd be the, this is why I don't have a kid. I would be the worst mother. Can you imagine the neuroticism? I mean, this is how I treat my dog. I mean, I literally think about the things I say to my dog like this. I mean, I'm driving myself crazy. That's kind of how you take it. That's kind of how you take it back to uh, childhood to find the things we say to to ourselves. I also tell the story in the book about which kind of emphasizes how stories and labels stick with us and turn into our shadow. This isn't shadow. This is more labels. But you'll you'll get what I'm saying. I was in second grade. We had a everyone had to write a book like. The whole second grade class had to write a book. We wrote a little book. We drew little pictures and stapled it all together. So my mom still has the book. My book was called The New Kid, about a new kid who came to school and everyone was mean to him. And one person, one little girl, maybe I I thought it was me. I'm sure I thought it was me, was nice to him and taught him to to play basketball 
and then he was happy. I mean, that was like, that was the, that was the hero arc. Okay. My little book with horrible artwork, I've always been a horrible artist, won the writer's competition for all of second grade or whatever. They took my picture sitting at a typewriter, old school typewriter, while I was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. What was my mom thinking? Why would you dress me in a Hawaiian shirt? Was this in? I have no idea. My hair, my naturally curly hair was feathered back and cut to my shoulders. Horrible. I looked, I mean, this was a horrible look. First author photo, and this is the look. Hawaiian shirt, sitting in a typewriter, my pictures in the hallway. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad picture at the time because I'm in second grade. You don't have like a lot of ego about your looks in second grade, which is good. My pictures in the hallway, my name says like Young Authors Award. I still remember it. Lindsay Bruno Young Authors Award, right? So I am like, oh my God, guess what? Look who's an author. This girl, this girl in the Hawaiian shirt. One day in the future, like a month in the future, my parents and I, I get to take the, maybe it was the morning off school. My, I remember my parents are dressed up. I think my dad's like in a suit. We went to, you know, Applebee's for lunch or something. And then we went and saw a real live children's book author present like her new book to a group of probably the other kids in the district who had won, who were also authors, right? Um, The other young authors. And so she presented her book. It was very, I mean, I remember it and I don't remember shit. Okay. So what I say in that, in my book is from that day forward, I was an author and no one could tell me otherwise. The point I'm making, besides the fact that my mom put me in a horrible Hawaiian shirt, the label I picked up was writer. And that was such a powerful label that to this day, I'm a writer. The label I picked up is you are creative. And from that day, I believed I was creative. I believed I was a writer, a belief so powerful that I have always been, always been on this path writer. But maybe I wouldn't have been if I hadn't always been nurturing and nurturing and nurturing what I believed was a gift that I had since the second grade. You know, nature versus nurture. I don't know. I don't know. What was it, right? The labels we believe in childhood are that powerful. They're that powerful. So A, be careful the labels we say to kids. That's that's why I'm always really careful and why I would be a terrible mother because I drive my kids crazy. And looking at your shadow is so is so important because you can see where those words started and how they carried on. What else did we pick up? What else did we pick up and carry forward? Do we need to rewrite it? Do we need to rewrite it in a positive way? Whatever it is, whatever you see on your shadow words, understand that they make you a fully integrated person. You can always see something that you want to work on, of course, but understand that we all have a shadow. It's part of being human. It's the light and the dark, and it's make you. it makes you who you are. So I recommend Debbie Ford's book, Dark Side of the Light Chasers, to get you a little bit more into shadow. I recommend Lacey Phillips' To Be Magnetic. Dot com going through the shadow work module to get you a little bit more into it too. I recommend my book, Overthinking in Your Underwear, to do a little bit more overthinking with me. Thank you so much for going through this with me. Until next time, wishing you all good thoughts.